Hey, I'm Dina Blizzard, and you're watching One Funny Morning. Welcome to One Funny Morning Show. From Monday to Friday. And sometimes on Saturday. Why would you say that for all these people? You never know what's going to happen. Carmen. Cortez. Good morning, everybody. What's outside your weather door? Good morning. Uppy, uppy. Uppy, everybody. Good morning, OFM family. It's Athena from Orange County, California. And even though it is 5.30 when Dina does her morning show, and it's usually this dark, what else would we be doing but leaving a bar? Leaving our local lazy dog. <laughs> Sergio's trying to be innocent. Christmas tree lights are up with the palm trees. Another local favorite, Chachas. But it is the morning show. Dina, take it away. Good morning. Okay, I love you. Uh, good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday. You made it. It's exciting. I decided to be somewhat early, really late, but early for me. So it's really good. I don't even know what I'm saying. Good morning. Guys, it's almost Friday. I just let's just sit on that for a second because what? Katie, I know. Is it Thursday? It's Thursday, right? What'd I say? I don't know. Good morning. Mm -hmm. It's all fluid. It's all good. It's Thursday, right? Yeah. Did I say Friday? Whatever. I'm just excited because it's not Wednesday or Tuesday or Monday. I got a lot of things coming up this weekend. Tonight, Jacqueline's in a show. So I'm heading out to go see that tonight. Tomorrow, Jacqueline's in a show. This one's an orchestra show. So I'm excited about that. Did I say Wednesday? It's happening. You said it's almost Friday. It is over. I thought you said almost. It is almost Friday. I was correct. Don't let, forget the first minute of the show. Let's start again. Hey. <laughs> Good morning. It's Thursday. Uh-huh. Now Saturday, big day. The Von Blizzard family comedians will be together for the first time ever in Princeton, New Jersey. A Catch a Rising Star first show is sold out. Second show is uh, for sale. We'll see how that one does. Um, I'm writing stuff down. Do everybody have like a list? And the whole page is just filled, just filled. And they're like, who can I do all this stuff? I always think, let me write it down. I should get a smaller notepad. Let me write it down on a piece of paper, and then I can mark it off. Did you ever write stuff on the paper you already did just so you could mark it off? Like, I already took the trash out, so let me just put that and then scratch it off. That's what I'm doing. That's who I am today. But yeah, I have sticky notes everywhere. I always lose my list. Well, that is one way to get stuff done. That is one way. <coughs> um, I'm into a wedding in New York from New Hampshire. So excited for my nephew's wedding. Oh. Mine is filled with random stuff in different days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Debating to clean the house or go back to bed. Girl, Carrie, I'm glad you called. Carrie, go back to bed. Your house will never be clean. It'll never be done. But you know what could be done? Catching up on sleep. Why fight a losing battle, Carrie? When you could win, 
You could go home and sleep. I got no sleep last night. Is it obvious? <laughs> um, I could not. My brain was just going. For what reason? What am I doing? Nothing. Mm -hmm. So like add your shower, brush your teeth, meds. All on the list, curly top. Take a shower. Check. Actually, I didn't. It's for later. I have to go to the gym. So I can't even check that off. But I did brush my teeth. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, blood work. Meredith, thanks for saying that. I got to do that blood work. <laughs> you go, oh, yeah, I got to do that. Did you ever? Does anybody else do this? Hold on. Hold on. I got to write that down. Write that down. Carmen, write it down. Does anybody else collect like little blood work slips, put them in a drawer, and then just do them all at the same time? But like months, a year will go by. You're like, this ain't good no more. They're like, you were supposed to get this done like 16 months ago. What was it for? We don't know. I, we think this doctor's retired. Tired. What? What's my name? You just, mm -hmm, I saw 3 a.m., 4 a.m., then sound asleep. Yeah, apparently my bewitching hour is somewhere around 2 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I should go to bed. And then I laid around for two more hours, maybe got an hour of sleep. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Okay, so I found a funny article. And I want to get everybody's take on it because I thought it was so funny. Just the title was funny. Let me read it. Here it is. Ready? And then I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you. Okay. <laughs> the title is just so funny because I was like, they would never write this about women. Never. I mean, there's maybe other titles they can come up with. We'll get to it. Here's the title. Are you ready? <laughs> Almost half the... Okay, add. Okay, here we go. Almost half the men surveyed. Let's say it's 100 men. It's 1,000 men. Whatever. Half of them surveyed think they could land a passenger plane. Experts disagree. <laughs> what? What? Yep. Almost half the men surveyed think they could land a passenger plane. Experts disagree. I'm not, I don't know an expert in men, an expert in planes, an expert in common sense, an expert in life, an expert in dumb people. I don't know. But I know what I'm not, and that's an expert. And I could, I also disagree. You don't even need to get, I know a hundred men. And I can guarantee you, yes, 50 of them think they can land a plane. Guess how many I know can't land a plane? A hundred. Because I can tell you, I know a lot, I know a lot of men, not that way, maybe. Okay. But none of them's a pilot. And I just thought, if you ask a hundred women, can you land a plane? No, hell no, I can't land this plane. Why are you asking me this? What? Why would you think I could land a plane? Did I go to pilot school? Does it look like I understand anything up here? No. Yeah. Why is it? Why is it that men have these ideas? Was it just too many diehard movies or snakes on a plane? But I don't understand. Picture this. You're nestled comfortably in your seat, cruising towards your destination. When a flight attendant's voice breaks through the silence, ladies and gentlemen, both pilots are incapacitated. Are there any passengers who could land this plane with assistance from air traffic control? Now, I'm going to tell you something. If Missy and I were on this plane, we'd be like, girl, we're going to die. She'd be like, can you land the plane? I'd be like, no, I can't land the plane. She goes, remember that toll booth incident and you saved the ice cream? I'd be like, yes, but that doesn't mean I can land the plane. Like, this would be the conversation that we would have. While apparently, Jeremy would be in the row in front of us going, I'm a travel agent. I bet I can land this plane. Not saying that Jeremy would be this guy, but he's just a man in this scenario and he's with Missy, so he's on the plane.
If you think you can manage it, you're not alone. Survey results published in January indicate one third of, of adult Americans think they can safely land a passenger aircraft. Among male respondents, the confidence level rose to nearly 50%. What? I have a few hours logged towards piloting and I cannot log land a plane on my own. I mean, I know one man who could probably, and that's my brother who took flight lessons in high school, but I'm not sure I would get in a plane with him. Exactly. Oh, we've all heard stories of passengers who saved the day when the pilot became unresponsive. For instance, last year, da Darren Harris had managed to lane a, land a twin-engine aircraft in Florida after the pilot passed out with the guidance of air traffic controller, who also happened to be a flight instructor. However, such incidences tend to take place in small, simple aircraft. Flying a much bigger and heavier commercial jet is a completely different game. You think? You mean the giant tractor trailer with wings three times the size of a tractor? A pilot spends 90% of the time monitoring autopilot and making sure everything's attended. The other 10% is managing problems. Takeoff and landing are all are arguably the most difficult tasks and are always performed manually. Okay. On the ground, both takeoff and landing, training the pilot. During the lesson. I want to get to the part where men think they know how to do everything. Okay, it doesn't, it doesn't go back to that. Why do you keep yeah, the bigger question is why do pilots keep passing out? So here's my question. I just thought it was such a funny title. But here's my question. <clears throat> because I think we can all say with confidence, if you had 100 ladies on a plane, sure, there's going to be one that's like, I think I know. And we're like, girl, it's you. Because I am a comedian. I can tell jokes right before we die. But that's all that's going to happen. And maybe can you a candy bar? Because we are absolutely going to raid that liquor thing if we're going down. If we were dying, I'd be like, give me the liquor cart. I will be in charge of it. And that's as much as I'm going to contribute. Here's what I'm saying. Is there something? Now, it doesn't have to make sense because this doesn't make sense. And half the men think, yeah. Here's the, here's, here's my question. Is there something that makes no sense whatsoever? I, t I'm telling you, I'm replacing all the lights in this studio. None of them work. And when I say studio, I mean my kitchen. <laughs> this is so dumb. I swear. It's like I'm at a disco. These, none of these lights work. Okay. Nobody move. Here's the question. <clears throat> is there something, whether it makes sense or not, that if given the opportunity, you think you can do. Something you're like, you know what? Now that you've asked, I have always thought with a little bit of training, I could do blank. Now, I'll go first. <laughs> Maybe it's something you've always wanted to do, but it's crazy. But you're like, I could do it. In my mind, like trapeze, <laughs> Missy would be my partner. She'd be on the other side going, this is a horrible idea. And I was like, you go. <laughs> Fly trapeze. She can't. Did you see my answer? <gasps> okay. Missy said she could negotiate a hostage situation. Uh, Mike Stacy says, drive a tractor trailer. I think I could drive a tractor trailer. <clears throat> no, you go. No, you go. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that Shikendra said flying trapeze. Mm -hmm. I could also do tightrope walking, but I'm afraid of height. So it'd have to be like this far from the ground. Like, I'll be like, guys, look how good. But like, I, I would just be like right above, right above. I think I could drive a stick shift. I know how to do that. I could show you that. You, It's going to take a long time. It won't be good. Drive a ferry. I think I could probably do that. Be a yacht captain. Nope. And now I'm out. Ferry? Yes. Yacht captain? 
Nope, it's all you. <laughs> Electrical wiring? No, I'm afraid of it. Mm -mm. I could be a nurse or a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. I could play the violin. My old colleague used to teach me during lunch break. She thought I had potential. Then I stopped. Oh. Tanya's like, I want to get a pony. Okay, Tanya, I feel like you're not understanding. You, you want to ride a horse? Getting a pony is just something you want from Santa. Listen to me, Tanny, listen. It's something that you think that you could, given the opportunity, I could do this like that. I want a pony is not a carpenter. I think I, I could watch the windows on the app by escape building at the top floor, even though I'm afraid of heights, I think I could do it, yeah. <laughs> I always wanted to learn piano. Karen, I bet you'd be good. Conductor on a train. Oh, toot toot. I know you don't say toot toot, but that's what I would. Mm -hmm. Be a cop. A private eye. Oh, my dear. I don't know why I just went into that accent. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Was he a private eye? I don't know. Bowl of perfect game. Look, Missy's going nuts. I could tame a wild animal. Mrs. Mrs. Like, I've been waiting for this day. A realtor. Lisa, I think a lot of people have ideas of being a realtor. I drove a school bus for middle schoolers two years that deserved an Oscar. Owned many donkeys, Highland cows, and an alpaca. This is oddly specific, Jill. <laughs> She's like, I'd have a mini donkey, Highland cows. Don't give me a regular cow. Do not want it. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think I could be a nurse. Mm -mm. Clark Gable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An interior decorator? You could be, Judy. You could. You should be. That is well within your grasp. Yes. A game show host. Mary, you'd be so good. Oh, a birthing coach. Be a motivational speaker. I think I could take a nap. Oh, so exciting. A life coach. I don't think I would be a good life coach. I would just tell everybody to nap. I mean, girl, you don't want that for yourself. Take a nap. Is there such a thing as a nap coach? Girl, nap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A medium. Like a real one or a fake one? Because you'd have to really like know how to like make stuff up. I could raise emus and alpacas. Probably cry every day, but I got this. <laughs> yes. I could drive a Mr. Softy truck. <gasps> no, no snow here today, Victor. A ghost hunter. Claudine. What if you started a ghost hunter business? <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Professional napper. And I would just slowly lull people to sleep. I'd just tell stories. Mm-hmm. An ophthalmologist. I don't think I do you know how much there's a lot of like physics and ophthalmology. Anything with the eyes, I'm out. The eyes are crazy. You know everything's upside down. I want to own a Hallmark store. <gasps> Wendy Louver, you'd be so good at that. I couldn't be a medium. If anything came through the other side, I'd have a heart attack. Could you imagine? Like, you're pretending to be a medium. All of a sudden, a ghost shows up. You're like, oh, no. Did you guys see this? What do I do? <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't think I, that I could actually do this. I was mostly lying. Hi. Good morning, Abaday. A taco truck? I could drive a taco truck. I'm not going to cook or anything, but I'll drive it around. I love how specific everyone's dreams are. Because, like, I don't want to do the work. I just want to sell the tacos. Somebody else can make them. 
professional dog petter slash smuggler. I think you mean snuggler, Lainey. The N and the M are real important here uh, because one of them <laughs> means that you're petting dogs and snuggling with them. The, the M in there means that you have stolen dogs and you've put them under your jacket and you're moving them over state lines. So make sure you get those letters right. <laughs> because totally different. Like, guys, can I snuggle your dog? Yes. Can I smuggle your dog? No. What? What? No. That's a different letter. And you should be careful. Mm -hmm. A smuggler. <laughs> smuggler, snuggler. Actually real different. Real different. Mm -hmm. Carrie, you would be great at sign language. You, you, you emote a lot, your face. <clears throat> You'd be good at that. <clears throat> I, I snug, I mostly snuggle, but I smuggle on the side. It's a side gig. <laughs> Work at a haunted mansion. So we're talking about an article that came out <clears throat> that said that 50% of men believe that they can land a commercial flight, I guess, full of people and not kill everyone. Where the women were like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm pretty sure we're all going to die. Uh, so what are the things that you ladies believe that you could just do with the same confidence that men feel like they can land a plane? Um, be a barista? I think I could do it. I'm pretty sure all of the drinks would be wrong. And I would try to convince people to have tea. I'm like, you know, tea is much better for you. I don't think I'd be good at that. Travel critic? host an online show. You could do it. <clears throat> My husband said he could land a plane if necessary, Kezia. I like that he said if necessary. He's like, I'm not going to do it just for fun. If we were going to die, I'd throw my hat in the ring. <laughs> okay. Zookeeper. Mm -hmm. Wendy, one day you'll be even closer. Millersville, Maryland, not that close, but I, I guess it depends. It's relative to where you're coming from. I could be Tamiko. <laughs> I think you tried to write, I could be a food critic, but instead you wrote, I could be a fool critter. Now, again, these letters are important, you guys. Now, I know a lot of fools and I don't know how you credit them, but um, I'm in. I'm in for even the stuff that you guys have made up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Men think they can because they can land a plane in a video game. You're probably right. Yeah. Like my therapist here at physical therapy has a Santa hat that says, Naughty, I feel the need to wear my dirty elf. Please do it, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to run home for expected mom who are expected moms who are placing their babies up for adoption. I'd like to give them support. Oh, look at Katie coming in doing something nice with this. My husband said he had to try and land because the alternative is crashing. I don't know. I, I, see, my brain would be like, get out the liquor cart. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't. I mean, listen, my, my alter ego would be driving a taxi cab in New York. If flying an airplane is anything similar to that, then sure, I'll throw my hand in the ring. Michelle, sexy producer Michelle said, I would love to run an allergy-friendly cafe. Is it going to be good, Michelle? I know I couldn't do that. Would there be gluten-free items? Because then maybe I'll come. Mm-hmm. Professional shopper. Oh, all the things. So listen, whatever you put into the universe today, maybe that's your secret desire. Shikendra, maybe we need grab Missy and head to a trapeze, a flying trapeze school and just do it. Be like, listen, me, Missy and Shikendra just want to be able to catch each other one time. How long do you think it would take to train for us to catch each other one time on the trapeze? Just one. <laughs> Dina, years, and maybe the replacement of some joints. Because I'm going to be honest, Missy is going to be like, are you sure you're going to catch me? I am pretty sure. Missy, I can say with confidence, I am 
kind of sure. But there is a mattress on the bottom. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Mm -mm, no. Just one time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michelle's like, I cannot wait for the memes today. <laughs> too much. Too much, y'all. Too much. Anyway, well, I'm glad we found this article. <clears throat> Gives you something to think about. Apparently, men are running around thinking they can do anything. They can land planes. And here's us over here. I don't know. I don't know. I've been trying to grow my hair out. <laughs> I don't know if I can nail this or not. And men are like, whatever. I'm amazing. Keep it in mind as you move through life. And uh, you think about what your potential is. Your potential is high. Very high. <laughs> I'm already planning out our trapeze outfits. <laughs> I took one pole dancing class. That was enough bruises to last a lifetime. <gasps> what if we all took a pole dancing class? That would be so fun. <clears throat> My dad flew the trapeze. He was a catcher. I think I'm a catcher, right? I don't know. I don't know which is a better idea for Missy to catch me or me to... No, Missy got the bad knee. She had a bad knee. I'm not trusting her. Mm -mm. We'll, we'll go through the details. We're going to get a Zoom and work it out. But uh, something to think about. Okay. Anyway, well, the good news is we actually have a man here to debunk some of these ridiculous claims being made by men in this random article that I found. Now, I'm super excited I wonder, Michelle would probably know, um, <clears throat> how many men to, what's the men to women ratio? I think we're like 50-50 now, but this man is pretty fancy and you're going to love him. Can he land a plane? Oh, I don't know. She did not ask him in the pre-interview. So we're going to get it right from the source, whether he's, which 50% he's in. Is he landing the plane or is he drinking liquor in the back with me? So let me introduce him because it's a great introduction to him. You're going to love him. He's basically one of us. And after you hear his introduction, you know why. Here we go. Shannon Carpenter has been a stay-at-home dad since 2008. He's also a humor writer trained through the famous Second City. He's done public readings on local NPR affiliate KCUR and teaching through the National At-Home Dad Network and the Dad 2.0 National Conference was named him one of the funniest dads in 2019. He's given interviews about his experiences to Forbes, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, CNBC, Slate Magazine, the New York Times, as well as his local NBC and Fox stations. Redbook Magazine has named him one of the one of America's um, adventure dads. And finally, and most importantly, BuzzFeed recognized him as one of the funniest women of the week in 2020, an accolade that lasted about eight hours until they found out he wasn't a woman, but he is still very funny. So please help me welcome to the show, Shannon Carpenter. Hey, Shannon. Hello, everybody. And for the record, I absolutely You can? You know, but I can try it. The alternative is crashing, right? <laughs> I mean, what's the worst I can do? I don't understand. It's so funny that when they ask these people, they're like, yeah, like 50% of the guys are like, yeah, I could totally land the plane. Why do you think that you is? Know, you know, I don't know. Well, you, actually, I do know because I was at a conference once and oh. someone in the crowd, it was a parenting conference, and he said, you know, charge ahead like a, with the confidence of a mediocre white man. I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> I was like, that's it. I have amazing confidence for things I cannot do. Like there was another article that said, could you uh, survive a bear attack? And I was like, I could probably win one, I bet. <laughs> as long as it wasn't a polar bear. The hubris is amazing on my end. <laughs> yeah. It's very funny. I don't know why that is. Because if you ask women, they're like, no, I don't think I do it. No, I would cry. No. If somebody said, would you survive a bear attack? I'd be like, is crying considered survival? <laughs> Was so, yes, I would kill. I know my wife and I have talked about that the plane crash and the bears. I'm like, I'd fashion some sort of weapon real quick. Yeah, I could get it. Yeah, done. you look like a very woozy kind of fellow. You I know. 
I got a beard. I could do it. That means I can do it. I was going to say, you look pretty manly. If there were 100 men, I'd put you in my, I believe he could do it. I believe Shannon could do it. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So your name is Shannon. And I also thought that you were a lady last week. And I was like, why is Shannon calling herself a stay-at-home dad? Michelle's like, Dina, it's in the bio. And I was like, okay. So tell us. How many kids do you have? How long have you been the ultimate stay-at-home dad? Introduce yourself to the lady. Sure. Uh, all right. So I've been a stay-at-home dad for 16 years. I have a 17-year-old daughter who just got accepted to the University of Arkansas. So I'm very oh, proud of her. I, I have a 16-year-old son that is way smarter than me. Mm-hmm. And my 10-year-old boy is just all over the place. He's great. So um, I've been lucky enough to be able to raise them in person. Um, unlike a lot of dads don't get that opportunity. So I took advantage of it. Um, my wife, Erin, she's amazing. You might see her in the background. She's getting ready for work. <laughs> um, she's an advertising executive. I've been writing for years, professionally writing for the last six or seven. When my youngest was about to go to college or go to kindergarten, I was like, what am I going to do now? You know, well, all three kids in school. And my wife just looked at me like I was an idiot. And she said, you're going to write professionally for real now. You're going to get paid for it. She goes, quit messing around. And she used more swear words than that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I know. To have a supportive wife has been the difference for me. So, yeah, that's who I am. That's what I do. So oh, and I have a book. <laughs> there we go. Well, I was going to say, so what kind of writing are you doing? So you, did you specifically write the book or do you do also other kinds of writing? You know, I write, uh, I wrote The Ultimate Stay at Home Dad, which is straight advice for dads um, because there's not hardly any of it that is worthwhile. Like, actually, real care advice. Like, how do you, when you need to change a diaper, where do you go when there's no changing table? Like, real advice. And so I do that kind of writing a lot. And then I write in the uh, parenting sphere from a father's perspective. Um, and last week I had a, a, an article in The Atlantic come out that answered the question is the world ready for men, primary caregivers, Mm. you know? So I, I try to write in those spheres, but then I do a lot of humor because the world is on fire. (laughs) I can't deal with it unless I'm laughing. Yeah. So so, uh, Mia said, did you homeschool? You didn't homeschool. I did not. I did not because I would be a terrible teacher. (laughs) I don't think I'd be good at it either. No, um, I know those guys, but nope. <laughs> now, so you've been doing this for 17 years. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much you've learned about our weird little community here, but mm-hmm. I was I was a stay at home. I did I did a stay at home mommying, and then I was doing stand up part time. Mm-hmm. So I've had my fill of people saying, "Oh, you don't work," and when yeah. I was at home, and then when I was working, they're like, "Oh, so you never see your kids?" So I've been on both sides. Um, but here we do. We have a really wonderful community, uh, lots of women. Like, do you find that you have those communities or you've created communities or been a part of those communities? I saw there were a lot of conferences that you've been a part of. Like, yeah. What does it look like for fellas? So for, for guys, and I just want to put this out, the mom world is brutal. <laughs> the whole, you know, are you going back to work? Are you staying home? And the fight between that, that doesn't exist in my world. Yeah. Um so kudos to the ladies for that one. That's harsh. Um, did you find that guys, like when you talk to other fellas, uh-huh. when you're at like a school function at night or something, like, do you find that guys would say to you like, oh man, you're so lucky or are they saying I could never do that? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's more, I would love to be able to do what you do, or I would love to spend more time with the kids. Mm-hmm. Even when they admit that they couldn't and didn't want to stay home, they want more time with the kids. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a, a misnomer that I think men don't want that time with kids. We desperately crave it, you know, and the staying home, you know, that's, that's hard work. You know, it's, if some people are built for it, some are not. And I think men are very aware of that, uh, at least, um, well, at least in my world, but I don't get the, the pushback that I get does not come from fathers I meet in person. Um, it is more institutional. It is trying to break into some of those traditional parenting spaces aren't used to a lot of men. That's some of the pushback I get mostly. And, and, and well, then, what do you mean? You know, I could go to a story time, all right? Totally cool. And there would be a moat around me. No one would sit next to me because I'm a guy. And I get it. I got a big beard, you know. 
um, and I can appear scary. And I, I totally understand that, you know. And there's other times you go to the park, and I know dads, this has happened to you, the police show up and they want to know why you're there. Someone, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I gotta carry on my ID to go to the park. Wow. Um, now the online trolling is different, though. Everyone takes a shot at online trolling. You know, they call you a woman. They call you. They ask you if you have ovaries. And I'm like, dude, I can bake you a tart and I can build you a deck. Take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, maybe you had a moat around you that Shen was throwing you <laughs> out there. But if you're the only fellow there, maybe they were like, he's so hot. We can't talk to him because we immediately <laughs> fall in love with him. Maybe that You know, it. I have a dad's group. We talked about communities. We built our community. So when you go out with a dad's group and you have seven to ten guys pushing strollers, it, we don't become, we're not individuals anymore. We become this unicorn and we've been stopped to take pictures with, and I'm just trying to see some cool stuff, man. <laughs> but it's very interesting when that happens. We had a, a, a monthly play date at the library, downtown library, big library. And apparently that was a big hit that I found out later. <laughs> that I a was lot of gonna them came say, out. There's nothing sexier than a fella taking care of kids. I guess so, but I'm covered in, kid snot and vomit and all kinds of stuff but all right so sexy now Mooney, i do it well <laughs> said, are you a good cook i am <laughs> i really am oh! and i didn't start off as a good cook as my wife is getting ready over there am i a good cook Connie? she says now i am she says now i'm a good cook <laughs> what's your specialty i like to hear what your everyone's specialty is sour cream enchiladas is my wife's favorite I can make those almost from scratch. I don't like making the tortillas from scratch because it's the same thing as you buy. But I could. You know, it's not hard. You know? Um, hard. But I don't understand. Okay, so sexy producer Michelle, who was booking me, <laughs> she started making her own crackers. And I was going to punch yeah. right in the face. I was like, there's a, literally a whole row of crackers. You can put any cracker. Why would you make homemade crackers? <laughs> Same thing with tortillas. Stop making stuff you can get easy. It's too much. If it's easy, I'm not going to do it if it tastes the same, you know. But with that said, my bread is on point. My dinner rolls are really good. I can make some dinner rolls. I learned to do that with my son. Um, we cook together, my son and I. And, yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. I just want to say that you. this whole chat is now filled with questions to figure out whether you are the perfect man. Do you do laundry? <laughs> I do. I did do laundry, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw a little thing in there. So when I write, started writing, we had to readjust some of the responsibilities and it was, uh, some of this was during COVID and my wife was very bored during COVID. So she would stay upstairs while I actually taught the kids. So maybe I did homeschool. She took over the laundry, which I very much appreciated. And now she does mo a lot of it as soothing, right? And like, I still keep it going. I put away clothes, mm -hmm. but I give it up to my wife. That is a chore that she has taken on. But I, for mm -hmm. 10 years before that, yeah, I absolutely did laundry. Um, where do you hail from? Where's home, Shannon? Oh, yeah. Uh, just outside of Kansas City. We're in the Midwest. It's a great place to be a stay-at-home dad. Oh, that's lovely. And Marie wants to know if you have a brother. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a brother who's happily married. <laughs> Not a stay-at-home dad, but a very involved father. We actually talk about fatherhood a lot, my brother and I. <laughs> that's lovely. Wait, does, does he have kids, too? He does. I have, uh, I have nieces coming out the wazoo. I have... <laughs> Uh, he has Issa, who is in college right now. Um, she is 19. I have uh, Emma, and I have Jack, and then I also have Bo, and then I have <laughs> Ava and Julian and Sita and Bodie. I got a lot of nieces and nephews. <laughs> That's so funny. Now, um, you know, it is kind of unconventional. I, for, I think still, I don't know. You it know, is. When it would become the norm, I mean, things are always changing, and I think it would hopefully becomes more of a norm because I do think like you said I mean I had friends when I was being a stay-at-home mom and I had one girlfriend she would call me by 8 30 in the morning crying and I was like what happened she was like Kylie just got the scissors out and just cut up the whole Canada like she just couldn't do it she was like I have to go back to work I'm not a good mom when I'm home she just couldn't do it and I feel like in relationships there are some guys who are just have a yeah. little bit more of a knack for it. So I guess my question is, is like, was this a conscious decision for the two of you, you and Aaron, when you sat mm -hmm. down and said, Hey, 
one of, we want someone to be home for who's going to be the caregiver. I know it was for us. We very mm-hmm. much set up our life that way and basically chose to be on the poorer side because you're not getting dual income. Oh, yeah. It was a, so how did that go for you? And was it from the very beginning? You know, it wasn't from the very beginning. My daughter was almost two when we made the switch. Um, and it's the way it worked. I brought it up. I was, I was an uh, abuse investigator for the state of Texas. I did uh, an elder abuse is what I investigated. And I did that for almost 10 years. And we had my daughter and my son was on the way. And I realized my life was in a rut. I was 31 and I was like, I get up, I go to work. I pick up my daughter. I come home. I got an hour with her. That's it. Mm. Maybe she goes to bed after that. And I was not happy with it. And I thought we were in a rut. So I, I sat my wife down. She was in advertising time and I was doing that. And I said, I, I think one of us needs to stay home. Never thinking it would be me because it wasn't something that I thought about. And then we started talking about it. And I joked. I thought maybe it should be me. And as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, God, it should be me because I want to do it. And that's that's a big difference. But I think with staying home, if you choose to stay home and have that choice, and I think a lot of women don't have that choice, yeah. right? It's assumed that they'll do it or that it's assumed that they'll just jump in it. But when I said it out loud, that was it. And we both realized I would be better at it. Mm-hmm. My wife does not do well at home. Um, I do. I'm, I'm very extroverted. I go make my own adventures and um, I have very specific goals for the kids and we never look back. I, I have a job description, if that helps you guys. Yeah, why? <laughs> I do. Every year we have a job description of specifically of what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. So the first, you know, we were neg- it's a negotiation. And I was talking about when we first did it, I said I was not going to do windows. And I have no idea why I said it <laughs> other than I wanted to win something. <laughs> I was like, no, no windows. Nope, throw on the light. <laughs> I'll do toilets, but not windows. Um, and it's, it's adjusted. We do it every year, right? Mm-hmm. And we do it for both of us now, basically, because it's expectations, what is expected that we both know about. And that took some years to figure out really mm. some of the even more minute details. So, yeah, that's how it happened. Wow. So um, so how did you decide to write the book? Was it the kids were all kind of growing up? Aaron mm-hmm. says, time to make some money doing this. Yeah. Like, how did that go? I got mad. <laughs> that helps you. <laughs> you know, that's why I write humor because I get angry, I think, a lot. Um, so I wanted advice for fathers that I never had, like yeah. real advice. You know, what do I put on my diaper bag? Do I have to call it a diaper bag? Like my first diaper bag was I had sandpaper in there for some yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had multi tools. I don't even know some of the stuff I had in there. And so I, I wrote started as a memoir, just kind of the experience of stay at home dad. Uh-huh. And I got an editor at Penguin and he said, how about you put some advice in it? He's like, I was like, how much? He's like, all of it. I was mm. like, can I swear? And he's like, yeah. I was like, cool. I'm in. Cool. And that's what I did. And I wrote a book that connects with dads. That's funny mm-hmm. because dads don't do sentimental. We do humor a lot more to connect with each other. Right. Cause yeah. we cannot be vulnerable. It's a problem we're working on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's how I wrote the book. Cause I wanted the advice that dads needed. And that's the writing I've done. Um, even the article that came out for you guys that caught y'all's attention was male loneliness, yeah. you know, and talking about that in a way that would resonate with men, you know? Yeah. So, so, so what are your, what do you would say your three most important piece of it, pieces of advice for stay at home dads? You know, not just for stay at home dads for dad, own it. That's the first thing. You are not the JV parent. You're not waiting for permission. You're not asking permission. That is your kid. You were never a babysitter. Mm. Own it. You know, do what you think is best to do. Um, I, that is the thing I tell everyone all the time. Uh, the second one um, is when you have your diaper bag, get your own. Don't share it with your wife. She'll mess it up. <laughs> right? <laughs> she once you get in your groove, man. Like I keep, I really do keep duct tape in my in my diaper bag. My dad. Because I needed it a lot, and it's handy to have. I know it's unusual, but I, all the dads are like, "Absolutely, you need that." So I would say, take your bag, call it an adventure bag, man it up a little bit, make yourself feel better. <laughs> it's an adventure bag. We're on an adventure bag. You got to do that. Um, the third thing is for all dads is don't stay home. Take them with you. 
just because you're maybe the moniker stay at home or if you're a working dad take them out in the world you get real confidence really quick when you're forced to do it and you have an amazing chance to make those lifelong memories mm -hmm. like i've seen the world's biggest pair of underwear with my daughter and my sons and it's a thing and they talk about it right i've seen the world's biggest shamrock overalls ball of twine those adventures are core memories for my kids and me and mm -hmm. i know they're going to use them when life gets tough and that's what i want I love that's that. my advice <laughs> i used to say like you know those years where you feel like all you do is drive your kids i feel like there's a yes. four years of your life that's just spent in a car and yep. um it was the the worst and best time because i did nothing i had no friends we ate chick-fil-a all the time I yeah. my from five o'clock until nine o'clock i did nothing but drive but it was the time where I did my best eavesdropping, the time where yes. I did my best, like, if I'm only going to get you for seven minutes, like, how was your day? Tell me. I used to make them tell me stories. All mm. my my youngest is a little bit more shy than the other two. But I used I'd be like, all right, tell, because I'd say, how was your day? Nothing. They'd say nothing. And I'd, yes, say, yeah. I'd say, okay, then tell me a story. And they were like, what are you talking about? I was like, I love stories. So tell me, they're like, well, nothing happened. I said, well, then tell me a story about how nothing happened. But you're going to tell me a story, whether it yep. kills you or not. <laughs> I've been in this car for 14 hours this week. So you're going to tell me a story, entertain me. And it was so funny. So somebody just said in here, um, Shannon, do you have advice for dads of teen girls? I do. Actually, and it goes back to what you said. So first off, forget trying to understand the lingo. That's not going to happen. I've, mm -hmm. I have to like call my daughter and stop her. I'm like, what does that mean? Do I slap today? Is that good or is that bad? <laughs> you know? Um, so it goes back to yours, your advice you just gave, that, that, that time that you're creating to let them exist in a place without pressure. So I watch horror movies with my daughter and I've been doing it for years and they get gradually scarier because she would come home earlier than the other two and we would watch horror movies and I would just wait for her to open up about her day. That was it. I was just waiting. She go, oh, this happened. Then I would ask leading questions and there's a book out there um, called, I think, uh, Raising Boys to Be Nurturing Men that mm -hmm. I just read. And it was basically saying, create those moments to find where your kids are at and just exist in that space with them. And that's it. It's really easy, I think, to get angry with teens, mm -hmm. but you have to understand that they're trying to figure it out and they're going to push boundaries. They're supposed to push boundaries yeah. and that's okay. It's how you respond to that that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this because I, I feel like, I feel like I see this a lot when it comes to dads with teen girls. I feel mm -hmm. like, Teen girls to me are the scariest creatures on the planet. And I yeah. avoid them as much as possible. But I remember, so I have two daughters. They're two years apart. So these were horrible years. And um, I remember like the minute I would get a sharp response from something, that moat, I would put that moat between us. Don't make eye contact. Don't look in her direction. Just stay on the side. Like, but for some reason, my ex used to be, it was like he was drawn to it. He was like, tell me what's yeah. wrong. Tell me how you're doing. What did I do? Did I do something? Why are you? And I was like, you're, she's going to beat you up with her face, with her eye. Just walk yeah. But he had this, I don't know if it was a need like a damsel in distress, like he wanted to fix it. I'm like, you can't fix crazy. You can't fix being crazy. What? <laughs> I mean, save yourself. Like, you just seem to be. Like, did you find that you, like, when your daughter's upset, do you respond to her differently than when your sons are upset? I do. And I respond I, based on the individual. And I'll be honest there. I think, um, a lot of us men are so used to tamping down emotional pain deep inside. So bring it. I've been beat up emotionally for years. It doesn't affect me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that's what my daughter, she has a tongue on her. She does. Yeah. And I'll, I'll call her out. It's like, why are you doing that? You know? And I, I do, maybe it is because I do like, you know, I, I like confrontation. I've sought it out and that's what I do with my writing. Um, <laughs> and it's enjoyable to me. Um, 
And so I, I am pretty direct with her. With mm-hmm. my son, I'm just as direct. But I know that there's a difference between the two. My son is trying to figure out his own emotions. And now his natural inclination with, is toward anger, right? It's mm-hmm. toward um, physical anger, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember what that's like. I remember mm-hmm. being 16 and full of testosterone, not knowing where it got. So I deal with him a little bit different. My daughter, my daughter, her emotional anger, when that comes out, is the more tearing you down emotionally, mm-hmm. you know? So with my daughter, I give her a hug. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, you can say whatever you need to say to me to get this out. And I'm okay. My son, it's like, if you need to punch, let's go to my, I have a punch bag in the house. It's like, let's go down there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I do it. Now, I don't know if you know that you probably don't know, Shannon, but I have pellets in my butt. I'm in menopause. So I have okay. testosterone in my butt. All nice. So I finally understand my son a little bit more. I'm like, oh, I'm going to punch you in the face. Get a punching bag. It works. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so it says you've caught the acting bug. Tell us about that. You know, I didn't actually, I don't know if I caught it, but I was kind of pushed into it. Probably. There is a, uh, there's a web series that there, there's a TV show basically. It's called uh, Turf Valley, and it's a wonderful, funny show that presents dads as I think they really are, not as incompetent buffoons, but the guys who parent differently. Just because you're doing it different doesn't mean you're wrong, and that's a big thing that I tell people when we, when we talk about parenting. So in Turf Valley, it's about three study home dads, and they have a whole thing. And I've I've done some promotion for them. It's like, no, you got to watch the show because I, I I like good dad stories. So they wanted to shoot a scene with me when we were at a at home dad conference. They came down to shoot a scene with me and I am an awful actor, man. <laughs> you know, they were doing the whole ultimate stay on a dad thing. And I couldn't help but think a little bit like right now is like, Oh, I'm here. Oh, he's the director. Oh, that's the camera. You know? And it's like, Oh, look how good the actor is. And I would forget my line. I had three <laughs> lines. That was it. Just three yeah, lines. Okay. <laughs> but I was so in the moment of the memory of, of how unusual that was. Yeah, I buffed it. But go see the Turf Valley. It's a fantastic show. <laughs> what, do you know what network is it on? It's a web series on YouTube right now. YouTube. But it is amazing. Oh, okay. And it's made for parents in like five to ten minute increments. Because that's all you got, right? Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, I'm amazed no one is. My son poked his head over here and he hadn't done anything yet. And I'm like, he's waiting. <laughs> you know, He's going to ambush me as soon as I'm done. But even now, that's all you got as a parent. You got five to ten minutes. Yeah. Max. yeah. That's awesome. So, um, so let's talk. How do people find you? So it's uh, Shannon Carter, sure. author.com is your website. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's my website. How can people find you in social media? In social media, uh, I go by Hossman at Home a lot on Instagram. Uh, that was my my pre writing name, but you know, um, then just type in Shannon Carpenter author. I will pop up on any thing on tiktok i tell you this i put some of my adventures on tiktok we went to an antique fan museum that was amazing um solely weird and you can see all the adventures that we do with our, our kids there's a dad's group i'm a dad's group so we have five of us have raised 16 kids together so when we go out there are 21 of us and if you want to know what that looks like and the panic in people's eyes, you do it until they realize that we're good. Like we walk into a restaurant, like a little diner, and you can see the waitress, her face just falls. I'm like, no, no, we have a system. Don't even talk to the kids. Everyone orders here. Just bring everything to our table. We'll take mm-hmm. care of it. And then she gets really happy. <laughs> That's good. Well, one last question for you. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I love that you are so uh, dad positive yeah. and so family positive and it comes across in everything that you're saying and it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I found, I'll speak from my experience, I found that when I was had little kids and I was doing stand-up, it was very unusual because I was the only one that had like yes. two babies and then I was flying to Vegas to do shows and then flying back. It was very unusual. And I found that a lot of people had a lot to say about it. Um, But you also, a lot of times my girlfriends would come and they Mm -hmm. would come and the entire time their husbands would be calling and say, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I, how do I, right? You start to see the dynamics, right? Of different relationships. Especially when they're younger, you, you go to school functions. You spend a lot of time with other couples and those dynamics. Are there ever times, Shannon, that like you'll you'll get to know another couple or family? Yeah. And 
it's hard for you to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> because perhaps maybe a fellow in a different relationship is maybe not even coming close to being supportive. Like, do you ever find yourself like struggling yeah. to keep your mouth shut when you're like, you're so dedicated to doing this. This is your full-time job. And then you look at a guy who's barely doing it part-time. Yeah. Do you have, cause that would be hard. It was hard for me because I was like, on <laughs> the phone. He'll figure it out. You, you don't have to answer the phone every five minutes. Oh, please don't answer the phone. To answer the question, the dad world is, we don't, how do I put this? We don't, except weaponized incompetence. <laughs> so we don't keep our mouth shut. So my first sin is to say to him, dad, yeah. uh, you know what? They kind of look at me. Well, what are you going to say though? Right. It's like, if you can change a diaper, you can uh, change a tire. You can change a diaper. You cannot tell me that you can't. And I know you're full of it and I can do it with humor. And we typically do, but it's hard to look at, you know, when I get my five guys together and when we've seen that, we're like, dude, come with me. I'll show you how to do it. And, and we try to be more supportive with it, but we don't accept it. Like, you know, we're like, no, 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 no. You're going to get this done. You're awesome. You're amazing. I'll pump you up, but it ain't that hard, right? You can do the day-to-day. -day. It's the mental stuff of parenting that kills. So we don't keep our mouth shut all that much. And when I see it in the world and I, where I write about it, uh, I call it out if I need to, you know? Right now, I'm trying to decide and figure out what happens? How do you get men that follow these Andrew Tates and Trumps and things like that? They're just fanboys that are just cruel. And like, how do we get there? Like, how did how did that happen? And if we don't call it out and show better role models of the opposite way, that's my fight now. I'm trying to pick that fight um, because there's a lot of us and uh, just that just love our families and want to get things done, but they're not shown as the role model because there's no drama to it. So. To answer your question, we call them out. My first stint as a stay-at-home dad was 30 days by myself. My wife left to take a new job. That's what was the, the catalyst. Mm -hmm. And I had nobody. So you either, it was sink or swim time. So, yeah. And I think it's so wonderful that you talk about this group of fellas that you have. Because I think, yeah. that, you know, even now, I'm in my 50 plus and we have a group here. And it ranges from 20s to 90s. We have lots of people that join. But I think that women have figured out pretty early hunter-gatherers that we work together. We work as a community, yes. especially in those child-bearing years. And now in the divorced and widowed years, women come mm -hmm. together. And it's just not naturally how men have functioned and no. so you know for you to be able to be talking about that community and leaning on each other in a way that is um you know promotes that community i think is so great because i don't think men are like you said you don't you tend no. to push down your feelings like i was talking to somebody recently about the divorce and i said you know like you know, like after your divorce and you think you were doing everything, but then you realize you weren't. And then now you have to take the trash out, but you cry every time you take the trash out. And I looked at the guy and he was like, I said, you know what? Didn't you cry when you took the trash out? He was like, no. I was like, <laughs> you know, like when you had to go outside and you had to pick up all the dog poop, but you were crying every time you had to pick up the dog poop. And he was like, no. I go, did you cry at all? He's like, yeah, I was upset that I got divorced. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, you called your girlfriend's like, you deserve better. And it was like, ah. And he was like, no, guys don't do that. Um, we really don't. And so it's nice to hear you talk about it. Thank you. My guys, I've raised 16 kids with them, our oldest. And this is to wrap it up for you. Our oldest kid um, of the group is in college to learn to be a pilot. And we, <laughs> we talk about it with him often. And I'm like, Adam, I would let you fly me. Not quite yet but I trust you. And he's already flown. So there you go. Wow. I know, I know someone that could land a plane. There you go. <laughs> We're back around, Shannon. That's a callback. Well, it's a callback for Shannon Carpenter. <laughs> so listen, let's hear it for Shannon, everybody. Thank you very much. You raised the bar now, Shannon, from flying planes to being like Shannon, the ultimate stay-at-home dad. You have a lot of fans here now, so. Thank you, guys. Go, go read my writing. There you go. Buy the book. For, you know what? Buy your book for your husband. Don't accept excuses. Everything is in there. Stay at home, dad, or not, forget it. You'll know how to do it. Um, Walk away. Go to a spa. <laughs>
<laughs> and there it is, closing it out. All right, thanks, Shannon. We'll have to have Thank you on. Thank you very time. much. Thank you so much. Thank oh my gosh, who doesn't love Shannon? Oh, love this guy. Also because his beard reminds me of my husband. Oh my gosh, that's so nice. I know, Shannon just made everybody's heart happy. Go out, check out his website. Website is shannoncarpenterauthor.com. I think Michelle put it into the comments as well. Go support this stay-at-home dad who has started uh, what sounds like a wonderful career supporting other stay-at-home dads and creating his dad community. And I think we probably all have a lot in common with him. Uh, because parenting is parenting, whether it's a dad or a mom. Um, but it's nice to have fellas in that conversation with us um, and teaching uh, men about community and crying. <laughs> I think men should cry more. Um, there is real hope for men. So. I cry too much. Dean cries all the time, you guys. So it's perfect. No, oh, come show, great, come show everybody great, your perfect sweatshirt that I'm you hang up. You are going to be a good dad. I, I, I already know that. Good, good, know that. Great dads cry. Mm -hmm. That should be a t-shirt. Good dads cry. <laughs> good dads cry. Oh, this is the official perfect sweatshirt. Look at it. Gorgeous. It was hanging up. Mm-hmm. Look at that head of hair, Dean. I'm trying to... Do you think that you'll have luscious hair when you get older? You, you probably will. So. You know, it follows your mother's father. Well, grandpa, his, listen, I think it would be so cool once my hair turns white. Wow. Because oh, like really? white hair with the last name Blizzard. That's okay. pretty sick. Sure. That's pretty sick. Mine's doing it. It's a lot, you guys. Lou! Michelle hates it. All of my friends hate it. Whatever. Uh, all right, that's it. It's um, everybody. We had a great day. We love Shannon. Check out his stuff if you get a chance. Uh, Dean's sweatshirt is amazing. I think we'll all agree. Totally worth it. Um, and that's it. So thanks for watching. Like Judy from Saskatoon says, do something nice for yourself or others today. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. I'll let you know how Jacqueline's gig goes. I got fair one to do with this hair, girl. Don't do it. Um, and that's it. So have a great day and a blessed day. And I look forward to seeing you here tomorrow morning for one funny morning. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Hey guys, if you enjoyed today's morning show, make sure to follow us for more one funny mother content. Okay, all right. Morse code is tapping. And check out OneFunnyMotherStore.com for great, new, inappropriate swag. And for more exclusive content, consider becoming a supporter. She got a bad leg. Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow on One Funny Morning.